You're listening to Wealth Tech on Deck, a podcast about the future of wealth management technology, brought to you by Life Yield. Here's your host, Jack Sherry. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this week's Wealth Tech on Deck podcast. As our listeners know, we cover stories across the wealth and asset management spectrum, insurance and annuity industry, and of course, uh, we look at how all this plays out in terms of technology. An area we haven't talked much about is the growing interest in dynamic hedging products offered by insurance and annuity companies. Today, we're talking to Mark Paulson. Mark works for Allianz Investment Management. He's a VP of Hedging Business Development. I'll let Mark fill us in on what Mark and Allianz are up to around hedging strategies. They're clearly a leader in the industry in this regard. But in the meantime, Mark, welcome to Wealth Tech on Deck. Good to have you aboard. Thanks for having me here, Jack. Very excited to be here and to talk with you today. Terrific. So let's start with you providing some detail on your role. What do you do? How does it work? Fill us in a little bit on what you do and how that plays out in terms of the products that Allianz Life offers. Sure. Thanks, Jack. So I work for Allianz Investment Management US LLC. So we're the wholly owned investment company of Allianz Life Insurance Company here in North America. And that is obviously ultimately owned by Allianz SE, our parent company in Munich, Germany. I've been with Allianz since 2007. All spent that whole time on the hedging team. Uh, I guess with a little two-year break, I did uh, leave Allianz for two years, went to work at a hedge fund here in Minneapolis, but ended up coming right back because it's such a great place to be. But my role on the hedging team is actually to be a business development person. So to actually go out and help explain to our distribution partners how hedging works and what we're doing that makes Allianz unique in that regard, as well as to help other entities in the Allianz group get access to the hedging team. So our team here in Minneapolis, we do the index hedging for Allianz Life Insurance Company here in North America, obviously. But we also do the hedging for our sister company, Allianz Leben in Munich, Germany, and Allianz Global Life, are uh, another company that Allianz owns in Dublin, Allianz France, Allianz Italy, Allianz Retire Plus in Australia, anywhere in the Allianz group that offers these indexed interest type products, all that hedging runs through our team here in Minneapolis. And so kind of half of my role is out helping the Allianz group members get access to the hedging team. And the other half is kind of spent helping our distribution partners understand how hedging works and how it's a competitive advantage for Allianz. Mark, thanks for that overview. When you talk about how that plays out, if I'm, I'm an advisor, I'm going to wind up potentially offering a Allianz product to a client. You're helping the advisor get comfortable with it. You're helping the firms get comfortable. Talk a little bit more about what you do in terms of the educational process and what you do in terms of explaining the benefits and advantages, also the risks, because there's you know nothing is without risk at some level. So talk a little bit about how that plays out, how you present and explain, and, and then position also in terms of how a client might benefit. Sure. Yeah, oftentimes that process involves myself and an actuary kind of talking through what we call our, our strength of Allianz type presentation. It kind of starts by understanding the annuity economics. So how, how Allianz makes money on annuity and how that benefits ultimately the policyholder. So we kind of start with, let's say we have a policyholder that makes a $100,000 investment into an Allianz product. We're going to put that $100,000 into our general account. Okay, our general account is a high quality bond portfolio, basically. Now, that $100,000 is sitting there, and as long as those bonds mature, we're going to have that principal back to kind of provide a, a floor, that guarantee for the policyholder. Now, those bonds are paying coupons, and that's investment yield. So we're going to earn a yield on those bonds, and that's what is actually the revenue for the insurance company. So we've got, let's say today we're investing those bonds and earning 6%. That 
That 6% is revenue for the insurance company to use to pay for our expenses, to pay for, you know, some of our products offer commissions, some don't. Some of, we have a profit target we want to hit. Let's say that's, that all those expenses and that profit maybe is 2% of that 6%. We've got 4% left over to offer it as policyholder benefits. Okay, so that could be the form of a death benefit. It could be in the form of a guaranteed lifetime income benefit. Or what's, you take kind of some of those other benefits off and what's left, we could just offer, let's say it's 3 3 3.5%. We could offer that back to the policyholder in the form of a fixed fixed account. If we were just a fixed annuity provider, we would take what's left and offer that back to the policyholder in the form of a fixed rate. Obviously at Allianz, we're more interested in indexing. So it's, we take that, that amount and we actually invest that into derivatives to provide a different return profile for the, the policyholder. So they, the policyholder might get a zero if the index goes down, or they're going to get the performance of that index up to a cap of say 9%, for example. So now we've got this differentiated payout profile between zero and 9%, that's a liability for the insurance company. It's something that we have to pay to the policyholder at the end of the year, but we don't know what it's going to be. So it's a, it's a risk for the insurance company. And it's actually the hedging team's job to turn that 3.5% hedge budget, let's say, into whatever index credit the policyholder gets, be it a zero if the index goes down, or a six if the index goes up 6%, or nine if the index goes up more than 9% above the cap. So it's our team's job to buy and sell those derivatives in the right ratio to replicate those payoffs that the policyholder will get based on the underlying index and crediting method that they chose for their policy. Gotcha. So how did you get into this? How did you uh, wind up uh, being a, probably not a technical term, but a hedgemeister? How did you, <laughs> sure, or an explainer of, hedge, of all things hedging? Yeah. So my background is very mathematical, right? So I've, I had a undergraduate degrees in mathematics and actuarial science. Not an actuary. I started off kind of on that actuarial track. Really liked the mathematical side of it. Mm-hmm. Didn't so much enjoy the uh, the regulatory and all the exam side of it. So passed a whole bunch of actuarial exams, but I'm not an actuary. I actually went to school then to get a master's degree in financial mathematics. So more on the derivatives and investment side of things. And I've just been enjoying that my whole career. Is you know, being involved in the investments and the derivative side of things. The people I work with on the hedging team, you know, we're probably more on the, the mathematical side of the spectrum. So we've got a lot of quants of so people, you know, PhDs in statistics and physics on our team, people with the master's degrees in financial mathematics, CFA charter holders, actuaries. We're typically not known for being the most uh, outgoing of people. You know, if you've got kind of <laughs> that side of the brain, you're not always, you know, the most social. So sure. I've got the ability to, you know, be out here and talk to you guys and, and explain kind of what we're doing. And I, I enjoy that side of it as well. So that's kind of how I morphed into this distribution support role within the hedging team. Gotcha. So talk a little bit about your role. I mean, you're kind of a road warrior. This, we met at a conference uh, not too long ago, and it sounds like your essential job is explaining complicated stuff to people that may not fully understand all the detail of what you're saying. Yeah, that's kind of part of it. Yeah, my job is to kind of simplify the story and, and explain it in a way that you know people understand. So yeah, a lot of my job now is you know out in the conference circuit explaining how dynamic hedging works, how the economics of annuities work. We've worked recently on what we call our portfolio impact report. So a way to actually quantify the value of an annuity inside of a portfolio. So I'm out on a lot of different conferences, investment committee meetings at specific firms. I'm just, again, trying to help educate and understand, helping people to understand how our products work and what makes Allianz unique in the way that we approach risk management, basically. So let's say I'm an advisor and I'm, I've heard what you had to say. I'm intrigued by what you have to say. So it's like you got 
some very smart stuff. And then I say, I want to understand it. How would I explain this to my clients? How do you help advisors explain it to their clients in a way that's both accurate and clear? And from what I can hear about what you're offering, attractive. So how, how do you explain what that looks like or sounds like? Yeah. Oftentimes, you know, when we're talking to an investment committee or a group of advisors, the message that we you know, try to start with is kind of, the, kind of maybe a longer version of the story that I went through around annuity economics and hedging. It's myself and an actuary. Usually we'll kind of walk through that process. And ultimately, the feedback that we get from those types of meetings, especially if it's people that are familiar with annuities, they, okay, they already understand, people that are familiar with annuities already understand the value of adding them to a client's portfolio. Yeah. They're already using them. This just kind of helps them on you know, maybe why they would look at an Allianz annuity. When we're talking to groups of advisors or investment committees that maybe don't use annuities currently, they like what they hear around the qualitative reasons about you know, why Allianz is better, why our dynamic hedging approach works, or how the, these products work. They're intrigued by that, but they actually want more, more evidence and more kind of a quantitative view sure. around how actually adding an annuity to their client's portfolio is going to improve outcomes for their clients. Yep. We heard that feedback from a lot of different investment committees and groups. And what we realized is what when you're looking for a quantification around how an annuity impacts a portfolio, it's very similar to what our hedging team is actually doing on a daily basis, managing the institutional risks for the insurance company. On the hedging side, we're looking at our assets, we're looking at our liabilities, we're looking at current market conditions, we're using those current market conditions to forecast potential paths of the market and doing a Monte Carlo analysis to help us manage the risk for the insurance company. It's a very similar process to what the investment committees or these advisors are looking for, but on a more of a personal level. So they're looking at an individual's assets, an individual's liabilities in the form of an income stream that they want to generate in retirement. Mm -hmm. They're looking at their own set of capital market assumptions where they, you know, they think that the equity markets will return 7% per year with a 16 vol going forward or a the bonds will return 3% per year with a five ball going forward. They've got their own set of these assumptions. Sure. And what we realize is if we can take their assumptions, their demographics for their clients, and we can build a tool that will help them analyze the value of adding an annuity to a portfolio. Mm-hmm. We call that our portfolio impact report. It's actually a way to do a kind of a side-by-side comparison of a portfolio without an annuity versus a portfolio with an annuity and how efficient and effective they are at delivering income in retirement for a client. And is this report, is this a, a tool that's available through Allianz Wholesalers? How, how, how do they access it? Right now, it's a tool that we've built internally. So we've been working on this for the maybe last four or five years, kind of developing it, iterating upon it. When we started out, we were trying to build a tool just to show a probability of success metric and show that by adding an annuity into a portfolio, you can improve a client's probability of success. Mm-hmm. And this it does that. If you have a, a given level of income in the portfolio without the annuity, you might have an 80% probability of success versus a portfolio with the annuity you might have a 90 or 95% probability of success. So you can show that for the same level of income, you can take less risk. Yep. Or conversely, if you wanted to have the same level of risk, if you wanted both portfolios to have a 90% probability of success, your portfolio with the annuity could actually take more income. Mm-hmm. So that's what we started out to build. The tool's goal was to kind of quantify that. Um, and it does. But what we realize is that just doing that, there's so much more to it than just probability of success or income. There is exposure to you know, longevity risks. What if your client lives beyond age 95 that you're planning to? They live to age 100. Or what there's market returns risk? What if you don't get that 7% market return? What if you only get a 6% return in the equity markets going forward? 
Uh, what about uh, inflation? You know, if a client's spending needs need to increase by 3% per year because inflation is higher than we forecast at 2%, how does that impact the probability of success for these different portfolios? So we've actually wrote a white paper digging deeper into the, what I'd call like the first order Greeks, you know, have my, with my uh, hedging brain here, it'd be like the sensitivities of each of these probability success metrics to these different assumptions that we're making. Mm-hmm. So we've t- done some of that work, but ultimately this tool, what we've started out to build in sort of that probability of success improvement, we thought about, hey, maybe this could be something we could put into the hands of not necessarily clients or even advisors, but help investment committees to look at this stuff with access to the tool. What we're realizing is it's actually a little bit better for us to use it as a marketing, as a source of marketing material. Mm-hmm. So we're able to quantify all these improvements and we can kind of package it as a story and, and talk about it out in the field. And that's what most of my conference attendance is, is talking about now is the quantification of adding an annuity to a portfolio and, and looking using the tool to create the data, but then packaging it up in a way that is, is understandable for the audience that we're, that we're working with, be it advisors, being at investment committees, being at a conference. So it's not something that's available you know, outwardly. It's something that we can and will run for for groups that want to analyze their own, maybe their own demographic for their client, or they have their own set of capital market assumptions, we're happy to recreate all this material for them with their view of the world. Mm-hmm. No one should believe in the Mark Paulson view of the world or the Allianz view of the world. It's That's just one potential thing that could happen. Everyone is out there as far smarter than I am, and they can have their own view of what might happen going forward. Gotcha. So I've heard you guys talk about efficient income frontier. Is that what you just described, or is this is that something a little different? Yeah, that's you're kind of hitting it right on the head there, Jack. Yeah. So if we think about maybe doing accumulation, right? When you're accumulating your assets, most people are probably familiar with Markowitz's efficient frontier. Mm-hmm. So you've got it's a risk reward framework where Markowitz defines risk as standard deviation or volatility of a portfolio and reward as your expected return in that portfolio. If you take the universe of assets and mix up all these different portfolios, you can create kind of a maximum return, maximum expected return for a given level of risk, of volatility. And you can create an efficient frontier based on that. And if you add in another asset class that's maybe uncorrelated, you can actually shift that efficient frontier. You can get more return, more reward for a given level of risk, for a given level of standard deviation or volatility. Or for conversely, for a given level of return, you may be able to take less risk. And that's kind of shifting that efficient frontier. Mm-hmm. And that works great during accumulation. That risk-reward framework works wonderful when you're trying to accumulate assets. Um, you start to think about decumulation, right? Starting to think about taking income from your assets. Your risk isn't necessarily standard deviation of your portfolio anymore. Your risks are longevity, outliving your portfolio. Your risks are inflation being higher than what you plan for. Your risks are lower market returns or market shocks. And you can kind of boil all those risks down into a probability of success score. And then in decumulation or income, your reward isn't necessarily how much your portfolio returns, it's how much income can you take from that portfolio. That's what you're looking for in in retirement is how much income can you take. So I like to think of shifting that risk reward framework from an accumulation mindset to a decumulation or an income mindset by just changing how we define risk and reward. Risk becomes probability of success, which incorporates your longevity, your inflation, your market returns and market shocks, and your reward is income. And then getting back to how we can shift that efficient income frontier, if you look at 
just like you know, adding an asset class in accumulation can move that efficient frontier, by adding an annuity that has guaranteed lifetime income in it, you can shift that efficient income frontier and it allow you to basically for the same level of risk or the same probability of success, you can take more income or for a given level of income, you can have a higher probability of success. So you can take less risk. So we've been talking a lot about that recently where just by adding another asset class, in this case, an annuity with guaranteed lifetime income, you can shift your efficient income frontier. Normally on our show, we don't get under the hood and talk about every aspect of how the engine operates, but this has been fascinating. It's uh, I've been talking for a long time about how the role of an annuity, both for accumulation and for income as part of a household portfolio, how important that is. But you've you've kind of deconstructed it with all the critical elements, it sounds like, in terms of the, the risk reward, the, the efficiency of how you manage the assets, and then also how you personalize it. So Anything to add before we look to wrap up? Anything else we haven't covered that uh, sort of sums up what we've been talking about? No, I mean, nothing nothing too much, I mean, to add beyond just kind of the, again, I think it's the, that efficient income frontier and, and switching the, the mindset, right? Like we've all heard about risk reward and the efficient frontier our, our whole lives like, as far as accumulation. You know, that's something that I think um, Markowitz, he won the Nobel Prize for that work in 1990. And in his co-Nobel laureate that year was William Sharp, obviously famous for the Sharp ratio, but also very famous for having said that decumulation is the nastiest, hardest problem in finance, <laughs> right? And so as we're seeing this generational shift from baby boomers, you know, hitting their peak retirement years coming up here, the mindset needs to shift from accumulation to decumulation. Yes. And I think that this efficient income frontier framework, which is very familiar to everyone, people are familiar with the framework, just making some small tweaks to it can actually really change the mindset as to how we're looking at retirement, what types of assets we should be holding in our accounts during retirement or leading up to retirement. I think that it's a great way to just kind of conceptualize it. Yep. I think you've done a wonderful job of explaining that. So, Mark, as we look to uh, wrap up at this point, what are three key takeaways you'd like to have our audience go away with? Yeah. First, I'd say, you know, risk management is as important as ever, right? Like whether it's on the institutional side, you know, when we're managing these index interest credits for Allianz Life and Allianz Group around the globe, or for an individual. Like risk management inside of a portfolio is as important as ever. I think that in the individual portfolio, secondly, I think an annuity can really help manage a lot of those risks. An annuity can help reduce your exposure to longevity risk, reduce your exposure to inflation risk, uh, reduce your exposure to market returns and market shocks. And then third, I think the best way to, to kind of quantify this and to think about it is by shifting our our framework for it, kind of looking at risk and reward in a little bit different way, right? Let's look at risk as kind of this, taking all those different longevity, inflation, returns, risks into one metric being the probability of success. And then let's redefine reward, you know, instead of expected return, it really should be income when we're looking at decumulation. So by shifting that risk reward framework, you can look at adding a new asset class in the form of an annuity and shifting that efficient income frontier and ultimately kind of reduce your client's uh, exposure to some of these, these risks that we all should be thinking about as we start to transition into, into retirement. Terrific. Very well said. So one last question, always our favorite question to ask at, on the podcast is, uh, what do you do outside of work that you're excited or passionate about that people might find interesting or surprising? Sure. Well, I've got two young kids, so most of my time is actually spent coaching on the basketball court or the baseball field or my wife's you know, the volleyball coach. So most of my time is definitely spent uh, helping out with youth sports around our community. 
But maybe something more interesting and surprising is I like to work on classic fiberglass boats. Oh, really? So fiberglass boats from the you know late 60s, 70s, you know early to mid 80s. Typically, you can pick them up pretty cheap. They're not oftentimes not the most desired boats out there. But if you are able to you know kind of clean them up cosmetically, work on the engines. The engines are typically you know V8 small block Ford or small block Chevy engines, which have plentiful parts out there. They're easy to work on. I can clean them up, get the engine working, use them and enjoy them for a season or two, and then let someone else work on it and enjoy it. Uh, so I've done 1970 16 foot Century Cheetah. Uh, I've done a, working on a 1973 Chris Craft Lancer right now. Chris. I've had a had a Lyman. I've had some mid 80s ski boats. I just enjoy kind of tinkering on on old boats when I when I have the opportunity to. Great, and that's I'm assuming the body as well as the engine. Yes. Yep. Do a little bit of fiberglass work, you know, clean them up, make them look pretty. Yeah. And then uh, get the engines working good and go out and enjoy it. That's great. Good for you. That's wonderful. So, Mark, thanks. This has been uh, a lot of fun to get caught up with you. For our audience, if you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and share what we're doing here at Wealth Tech on Deck. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Mark, thanks again. This has been fun. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wealth Tech on Deck, our ongoing conversation about improving financial outcomes for all. This podcast is brought to you by Life Yield and produced by Reverb. Subscribe to future episodes in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can connect with our host, Jack Sherry, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And for more information about our perspective on the future of financial advice, visit our website at lifeyield.com.